Hey folks, welcome back in to another episode of the Mark and Austin Show on the Mark Lesko podcast, covering all things Penn State football here. Uh, we have a special guest today. We have Greg Garrity with us, who is a former player um, for the Nittany Lions. And like we said in, in some past episodes, we're going to talk a little bit about the lifting program, maybe sneak in a couple extra questions for Greg about the state of the program, his thoughts, kind of how things are going. So please welcome uh, Greg to the show. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Always, uh, always good to hop on with you. Yeah, Greg, thanks again for joining us, man. Yeah, appreciate you joining us, Greg. We appreciate it. Uh, Absolutely. Again, like we said, we want to talk the Penn State lifting program. I wanted to get it from Greg, a former player who uh, was on the uh, 2016 Big Ten Championship team. Uh, You know, we talk about where we are now as a program, and I say we just including fans. Um, Austin and I obviously never played, but uh, where we are as a program and, you know, how far we've come from where Franklin started uh, his first victory in Ireland uh, to now. Um, and Greg's class really laid that foundation. Um, his class is on the uh, wall of the stadium, 2016. Uh, great season. Uh, ended up going to the Rose Bowl, Big Ten champions, everything. So we have Greg's class to thank for really giving us this momentum to now. Um, really never lost that momentum. Last year in 2020 was a bit of a hiccup, but uh, – you know, where we are now is, um, you know, it, it's we've it, we've come a long way uh, and it's been a long time coming, especially for those of us who were there in 2011, like Austin and and I and, uh, you know, had that scandal. And it, it's just been I, I've been I've been waiting for a long time to have a good team like this uh, going into the season. So, again, we wanted to talk about the lifting program um, and what a difference it's made Uh particularly last season under Chuck Losey, which was his first season. Um, before before that, it was uh, Dwight Galt. So, Greg, what exactly – first of all, do you think the lifting program has been a huge factor um, in Penn State's success, especially last year? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at any college football program and, and, and it's – I've seen it said a lot of times where, like, the most important hire – is the strength coach you know um that's who the players are spend the most time with the the strength staff that's um how you you know develop into a division one athlete um from from a high school student or high school player and um it's it's who and how you build a culture um in in terms of a team so you know I, i look at you know my time uh under that staff, under Franklin's staff with Coach Galt, we called him Deej. Um, and it was just, a, it, it, at least it seemed like a complete 180 from the previous staff with O'Brien and the strength coach then was uh, uh, Fitz, uh, Coach Fitzgerald. Um, you know, in, in terms of Coach Galt's history, like you, you look at the athletic freaks that um, he's produced, I mean, even before Penn State, um, you know, the, the one that always stuck out to me was Vernon Davis. Like, that dude was massive. He was strong, fast. He, he could do it all. And then, you know, you, you look at somebody like uh, like Torrey Smith, you know, out of, out of Maryland. Super small, but, you know, still very strong, very fast, kind of good all-around player. And, you know, the, the players that I played with, you know, you have your, obviously, Saquon Barkley's that, that stick out, Mike Kosicki, Miles Sanders, 
Um, I mean, I, I, I could literally go on and on. Nick, Nick Scott, I attribute his success in the NFL uh, that he's having right now to the uh, the strength the strength program of Penn State. So, as I said before, the the uh, it, it's kind of a consensus. The most important hire in a college football program is the strength coach, and um, you know, starting with with Gold and transitioning to to Chuck. Um, I mean, you're you're just you're seeing the the results on the field, and um, again, I, I think a huge part of that is you know the, the strength staff and and their their program. Absolutely, and the type of training that they're doing, and we talked before a little bit about what they used to do under Joe Paterno, and that was machines, um, very little free weights, um, did it everything till failure. Um, my lifting coach from high school uh, used to help with that lifting program under uh, JT. And um, yep. he had just, he told me pretty much everything that they did and it was machines still failure uh, and how that it was mainly for endurance. And I believe testosterone production um, is what their main focus was. Uh, that was one thing that one of my professors told me uh, who was a part of that program. Um, when I took my training class at Penn state, it was mainly focused on testosterone and endurance um, and it didn't really correlate to athletic performance, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, when O'Brien came in, obviously they got at the weight room, put all the stuff they have in now, I think still to this day, uh, a lot of free weights pretty yeah. much um, places to run, do agility. So it was a complete 180. And then Franklin came in pretty much did similar stuff with Dwight Galt and now Chuck Losey. So, uh, Greg, in your experience, because you were Franklin's first year, or right, you never had so, O'Brien. Yeah, I did. I had one year under O'Brien. Oh, okay, um, okay. So I had one year. Uh, so my freshman year was with with O'Brien and Fitzgerald, um, which was kind of a shell shock going from high school to to college in general, um, yeah. and then going from that staff to Franklin with Galt, um, kind of another one eighty where. I shouldn't say 180. It, it was just another pivot um, where we're doing a bunch of different stuff, and and I'm sure we'll get into it. But yeah, so I I, I did get a kind of a, and and it was only from what June, that would have been June of 2013 through um, basically the end of the season, December yeah. of 2013. So it was only like six months with that staff and that program. So I only got a very small dose. Um, of, of what that program was like. Yeah, I remember you saying that because I couldn't remember if you were Franklin's first year, but I remember you saying when Franklin came in, he made it clear, like, this is my team, and yep. he was pretty tough on you guys, especially with the conditioning and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to set the, t set the tone for sure. I know he came in um, – uh, when was that? It would have been January of 2014 or February 2014, and the first thing on the agenda, at least team-wise, not including like re recruiting or, you know, coaching staff-wise, in terms of what we were doing, the first thing on the agenda when they got there was um, winter workouts, which is a, a compilation of, of a lifting program as well as conditioning. Um, and, and to be honest with you, winter workouts are, are really designed just to kind of break you. Um, and it's supposed to, you know, obviously build character, build the culture and the program uh, and, and get you in shape. But they, they were trying to set the tone. Um, I mean, they we were starting workouts at 530. Um, so you had to be literally on the field, um, usually by five to, you know, you had to do your own stretching, get warmed up. 
um, and starting at 5.30 and, and you usually end around seven, I want to say. So for an hour and a half, it was just brutal running, conditioning, you know, sled work, uh, mat drills. I mean, it was that that first winter workouts was was brutal for sure. One, 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 the only thing I, I don't miss from my time at Penn State is winter workouts. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that that was that was tough. That was tough. But, you know, of course, that's uh, kind of what sets the the uh, great from from good. So. Was it usually outside, Greg? No, no. We use the the indoor facility. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you think about five a.m. State College, January, February, like yeah, too cold. It, 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 yeah, and it, even in the indoor facility, like it, there's no heat. It's just kind of a big tin can, uh, essentially. So it was. It still wasn't much warmer, um, but it wasn't like ice or snow. Um, but once you got moving, you wanted you wanted it to be cooler. So, um, yeah, but we, we were inside, even though it wasn't like nice conditions in there either. Yeah. I remember one of O'Brien's yeah. first videos, it was winter workouts. Um, they had they, they used to do those outside. Yeah. 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 And, and that's I, why I, I remember, asked is, yeah, I just remember, um, cause the, the news broke that O'Brien was leaving what on like, uh, new year's Eve. Um, so we, at that point, like that week before or a few days before he left, we had what, like a week or two left of, I guess it would, would have been two weeks of, of winter break. So we were home enjoying time with family and I was dreading going back for winter workouts to do them outside. Um, and that was one little silver lining whenever, whenever they left, I was like, okay, thank God we don't need to do winter workouts. Little did I know the the new staff, it was just going to be, just as brutal. So that, that silver lining got erased rather, rather quickly. But at least it was inside, right, Greg? With, yeah, with I, 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 guess, I guess that's one way to look at it. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was not fun. That's for sure. It's a little, little bit of a silver lining there. Um, yeah. If, if I, if I could kind of just dive in a little bit here and kind of just go over generally speaking um what do you think uh what are generally kind of some of the things that you might do during winter conditioning um and then contrast that with what you do through the summer um during camp yeah so um winter i I would say is all about uh intensity you know in in terms of um and and every day is different the the workouts are are rather consistent so just looking at the conditioning winter workouts as i said you're going in there early in the morning about an hour and a half um you know first you start out um so in in haluba in the indoor facility there's um uh actually i think that they they changed it since but it's, it's basically um you could fit like uh, two half fields um, going like uh, horizontally in there. Um, they, they've changed the layout of it, but it's, it's a huge indoor facility. So the first thing that we would do is two laps around uh, the whole entire field. So it's more than a hundred yards, hundred yard field. It was, um, uh, you know, I'd say one and a half fields, call it. Um, and, and that was a sprint. As soon as they blew that whistle at 530, like, you had the strength coaches, you had the coach coaches, 
screaming at you. Like if, if you weren't winning, if your position group wasn't in first, um, see, there go my dogs. Um, if, if you weren't in first, like they, they would, they would chew you out. So that was a sprint. So right out the gate, like you're gassed. Um, and then, you know, the, the whole team would get together at midfield um, and, and do some type of competition, like a tire pull or, uh, you know, like maybe like a quick sled competition. And then you get into the workouts where each position group is, is uh, at a different station and uh, your first, um, your first time through the workout. So like in week one, each station is like five minutes, maybe. And then each week, each day, they increase it a little bit. So by the time, you know, you're into your last week and we're in workouts, each station is 12 minutes each. Um, so it increases the the volume, the intensity from that aspect. Um, and then from a, a weightlifting program, I'm trying to remember as best I can. Um, but that's that's all about focusing on increasing your maxes. Um, so obviously they have your baseline. Hey, this is your max for bench squat, clean, deadlift, all that stuff. Um, so it's all about intensity for that, call it 12-week period um, of, of just working up to, you know, max day where you can, you know, increase that max. Um, so it's, it's very intense, you know, winter workouts. There's no on-field work, no football, you know, related stuff. I don't think unless it's changed, you're, you're not allowed to have any footballs on the field. So it's just conditioning, working out, and getting you prepared for, you know, basically spring ball. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the program in, in winter, and we can talk about, you know, other phases or seasons. But um, w- winter was all about intensity for sure. So yeah. was that basically Dwight Galt's philosophy, um, maxing out in the summer? Obviously intensity in the winter and then maxing out in the summer. Like, what did yeah. you guys do uh, – off season and it, like in the summer, for example, and in season in terms of lifting, um, what kind of stuff did you guys do to um, not only get better in the summer and then, but it transitioning into in season, you know, how did you maintain your strength? Like what was his philosophy with that? If that question makes sense. Yeah. So, so thinking about the summer, that's when you can start to transition uh, like football, a- actual football related stuff. Um, so it's a lot more just, quick spurts in, in terms of speed training, um, still trying to work on maxes with, and, and a lot of our lifts were uh, Olympic lifts and, and explosive lifts, which kind of correlate to, you know, you think about speed and, and jumping and like the, the testing you see at the combine, very related to um, trying to improve in, in those aspects. Um, so it, it, it's, it's much more, um, I, I don't know the right word to use, but it's it's more explosive um, than anything else. It's it's not a whole lot of reps. It's more so um, just getting you know the the power that explosiveness up, um, and then you look at um, you know in season. It's just kind of maintaining. Um, we we don't max out at all um, in season. You know we're still conditioning. Um, we're, we're still lifting, but it's not to the, the scale, certainly not winter. Um, it's even, you know, drawn back a little bit from, from summertime. Um, so that, that's kind of what it is. So looking at the whole year, I'd I'd say there's basically three seasons, um, within the program. You have the winter, which is just, as I said, super intense, you know, a whole lot of everything all at once, 
Summers more speed, explosiveness, um, focusing on those attributes you see on field. Um, and then and then in season would just kind of be more so ma maintaining and um, uh, injury prevention stuff. So, um, you know, of course, during the season we have practices and, um, you know, we're a lot busier throughout the day. So we're not lifting as much as many days. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, more the laid back season in, in the weight room, but, uh, you're, you're still definitely getting after it. Awesome. Yeah. And, and just, if we can take just a brief aside for, for the, for the viewers and the listeners, that makes a lot of sense from a sports science perspective. Um, obviously the goal in winter time is we're trying to build up that base level of strength. We can be very intense. We can accumulate volume because we are very far removed from the start of the season. Right. Um, as we get closer to that process, we kind of start drawing down training volumes. We start maybe still doing a little bit of lower volume work to build up maxes still in the summertime. But once we get very, very close to that season, there's that shift in priority. Now it's not, we're not focused on getting better in the weight room, getting stronger. Because right. Now we have to focus on X's and O's and winning on the football field and transitioning to maintenance makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, so just a brief aside, kind of going over that makes a ton of sense. Um, that's textbook sports science as far as, uh, as far as that goes. Um, one thing that I will say, and I, I don't know offhand how much of this was there um, or how much it was transitioning to, because now you have the coaches and, and James, you know, he, he talks about it pretty much all the time as far as training table and nutrition bars and all this kind of stuff, all the, you know, the um, hydrotherapy and, and mm -hmm. cryotherapy type stuff. Um, any of that stuff, was any of that available to you during your time there, Greg? Yeah, it, it was. It was a lot of it was still kind of in the works. Um, just, you know, when I think about my freshman year to senior year, you know, my, my freshman year, um, Lash was, I mean, you compare it to what it is today, it was very, um, it, it, it was it was very old. Like Lash, when I was there my freshman year, was the same Lash when my dad was there in the 80s. Like not, not much has changed. Um, so, yes, we still did have, um like uh a, a, a cold tub hot tub um we had nutritionists but we didn't have like uh what they have today with that whole nutrition bar and you could get protein shakes and chocolate milk and, and all these things um that was more so later in my career there was it was i'm trying to think last didn't uh we did they didn't finish up like the the locker room or weight room until uh, like the the summer of my my uh, going into my senior season, um, so in in that uh, for, from from that front, um, I didn't get the full experience of, of what it is today. Um, I got like you know six to eight months of it, um, but it's it's uh, I I know what they have access to in terms of like massages too and and cryotherapy and. Um, like actual real nutritionists, like building out a, a program for you and it, how it correlates to training table where back when I went there, which is kind of, it was getting to that point. Um, but, but now that it seems like they've really taken it to the next level. Um, 
so I can't speak to exactly what it looks like, but I, I know it's a lot more state of the art um, than, than what, what, uh, what I saw throughout my career. Yeah. Justin King was uh, there recently and he was taking pictures in the new weight room and everything. And the, re the recruits coming in, they've, they've spoken highly of the new facilities, which is fantastic. And um, obviously NIL, they're catching up with that too. Mm. So that's, it's great to see, you know, we've said on here that, Franklin's doing a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't know about in terms of facilities at NIL. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He, he's always said, even when I was there, like he'll, he will fight for like us players. He wants to give us as much as he possibly can from like a facility standpoint and like, just like the extra stuff, not even thinking about, you know, the facilities, but Hey, masseuse is coming in. Um, nutritionist. Um, uh, chefs in, in training table, like the, the food they're cooking and how that's correlated to NIL. Like he, he wants to get, give, give the players the most he legally can. Um, and that's kind of always been his MO and it's uh, I, I'm sure it's rubbed off on a lot of recruits seeing the new facility and how things are run there. So that that's kind of, that that's always been his philosophy for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely something that you that you love to hear. I think you know that, that's echoed by a lot of the recruits, um, and and it does it it does it does come across very authentic that that aspect of family and and you know James obviously going out of his way to show that he will do whatever he possibly can for his players to be successful, and yeah. I think now, you didn't have the pleasure of experiencing the dynamic with head coach Franklin and. Um, AD Pat Kraft, who was relatively sure. recently yep. hired. Um, I think they together are really making some nice moves and some nice changes. And I think they're speeding up the process with a lot of things, including facilities and a lot of mm -hmm. these extra maybe recovery perks as far as massages or training table for nutrition or whatever. Um, obviously, you know, Pat with former player, um, he knows – he knows how it goes and, and all that stuff. But I, I just kind of out of curiosity, did you have any specific thoughts um, when it turned out that uh, that Pat Kraft was the next AD and kind of some of the, the early on things that they talked about? Yeah, I mean, everything that I had heard um, just from like inside sources, as well as just the general public everywhere, everywhere he's been, you know, he, he's been been able to make tremendous strides from the athletic front, I think, because he was at, he was at Temple before, correct? Before Penn correct. State. So, you know, the, the things that he was able to develop there and, you know, just lay some different uh, foundations from, uh, you know, not only the football program there, but, you know, just athletically, uh, like, like I said, I, I, I haven't heard one bad thing about him still, um, you know, so for, from, from a player's front, it's not something you really, necessarily um get to in the works of in terms of uh like what's being developed new uh new plans to develop or just new implementations in the program facilities um but just from an outsider looking in um you know to your point like they they've put they they they've took a state-of-the-art facility already with the, the the weight room and the, the therapy rooms and and they've made it like I, I haven't seen it. I've just seen pictures, but it, it looks, it looks insane. So, um, you know, hats off to, to them and, and, you know, taking advantage of, of, you know, the boosters and 
all the money that they can to, to really pump into the program because to be competitive with recruiting and um, just competitive on the field, that's, that's something you need to, to, uh, to stay on top of and ahead of. And, and it's, it's really good to see that, uh, that Pat Kraft is, is he's, he's, he's putting his, his money where his mouth is for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I totally agree. Um, he was at Temple for, I, I believe seven years. Yep. Then he, then he had that short stint at, at BC at Boston college. Then That's he right. comes, then he comes to Penn state, but both at temple. I mean, he did largely most of that work there at temple um, was involved with Matt rules career there and the success he had. Um, but from everything that I've heard as well from the Boston college front and the temple front just seemed like a total home run. And the, the one note that I, that I, you know, do want to make sure that we talk about too is the one thing I've noticed from a external communications optics is James Franklin would always beat the drum about, NIL and facilities upgrades and all these things. And then Pat gets hired and it doesn't seem like James really has to talk about that stuff anymore. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and, and you see, I don't mean to cut you off Austin, but you no, see good. like, I mean, some, some of the, uh, I mean the, the, the major blue bloods in college football, like, you know, Ryan days coming out to the public and saying, Hey, we are very behind in NIL. Um, you know, other than, you know, the last week or two, Alabama has been very, and Nick Saban has been very hesitant to come out with like a collective and really embracing NIL. Same thing with Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. So again, to, to really, and I don't think, you know, necessarily Alabama um, needs a whole lot of NIL money, like in terms of recruiting, Nick Saban shows up and, and has all his rings. He's like, Hey, if you want to come to Alabama, you're, you're coming to Alabama. Um, but in terms of, of a team like Penn State and where the landscape of college football is right now, that's you, you need to stay ahead of, of the NIL game. So to to, you, to to your point, Austin, I know Mark, you hit on it. Like that, they've done a really good job of of getting ahead, staying ahead, and it, you know, no one really knows where the that NIL landscape is going to go, how it's going to change over time. Uh, but they've been a they've been doing an awesome job of, of managing that for, for players and, and uh, recruits as well. Yeah. hundred percent. I just have a couple of, two more questions about the lifting program and then whatever else, whatever else Austin wants to ask. And then we can finish up, um, you know, Chuck Losey, obviously last year was his first year, as we mentioned, um, he was Dwight Galt's uh, protege, I think is the word uh, learned yeah. under uh, Dwight Galt. Do you think they're doing similar stuff right now for the first question? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like um, it definitely seems like it. I, I know they're going through through winter workouts right now from the pictures. It looks like they're doing the same exact stations as we were doing uh, from seeing short clips on, again, social media of, of players doing, you know, squats and, and power cleans, you know, same things as, as we were doing. Um, so as, as far as I can tell, um, it, it looks very much mirrored to, uh, coach Galt's program. Yeah. Now for our viewers and being that Drew Aller could be, uh, one of the most electric players in all of college football next year. Uh, I know you played receiver and you yeah. know, you, you were special teams guy too. Uh, can you tell us, do you, can you, can you give us maybe some details as to, what is Drew Aller doing in the weight room right now to get himself better and prepare him for 
the starting quarterback of Penn State, which we're assuming will happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in the wintertime, to, to be honest with you, it's very little. The, the program is very little focused on, oh, hey, you're a quarterback. We have to focus on, you know, shoulder flexibility or, hey, you're your linemen. So we're going to focus on leg strength and drive. The, the winter program program is very much just intensity, just everything, upper body, lower body, core conditioning. Um, so they're, they're probably not too, too. I mean, I'm sure they're being smart um, in terms of what they're doing, obviously, but in terms of position specific stuff, it's probably very little geared towards, you know, him being a quarterback. Um, now I know I've seen, uh, it, it definitely seems like after hours late at night, him and Haluba just putting in extra work, which is, you know, obviously great to see. Um, so in terms of him doing more quarterback related and specific things, that's more so on his own. Um, so in the winter, uh, like I said, it's, it's very much team oriented in terms of what they're doing summertime. Um, so I would say, Probably in the next month, as as they transition into into spring ball here, it's going to be a transition into more uh, position related stuff where it is more flexibility stuff. It's more stretching. Um, obviously, going to be a little bit lighter weight for for quarterbacks, um, less intense things. But right right now, he's I would assume it's it's very much intense in his world right now. Do you know Do you know what he'll be doing um i guess in the summer and in season that would be more specific to him as a quarterback any idea uh, yeah so i mean in terms of the lifts it's still everybody has the same you know day to day like hey today we're doing the uh, you know hand clean with with this lift and this superset and this lift and this superset so that is is probably going to be the same for everybody I remember before, like I want to say like 15 minutes before, 15 minutes after each workout. Um, so you have your like uh, uh, position strength coach. Um, so I know Chuck Losey was more geared towards offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Um, Alvin Fitrell was DBs. Barry Gant was receiver. So I had Barry. So each position group kind of had – uh, their their individual coaches as well. So before and after, um, like for instance, we would work a lot before and after with with hip flexibility and um, like a lot of knee stuff and uh, shoulder stuff. Whereas lineman was, I don't even know what the lineman were doing to be honest with you. But for like quarterback stuff, it was like a lot of uh, I know in, in in Pittsburgh we call them gummy bands, like the 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 uh, I don't even know what the the real uh, term of them are. The 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 stretchy the stretchy bands that they would do mm -hmm. a lot with shoulders and like neck stuff um, and uh, that that sort of thing and, and footwork. Uh, so in terms of you know the hour that they have in the weight room, it's it's the same for everybody. But 15 minutes before, 15 minutes afterwards, it's it's more so um, the the stretching, injury prevention. Um, and, and footwork stuff, especially as, uh, as a quarterback. Well, I, I remember when I was at football camp, uh, Jay Paterno was one of my coaches. And the one drill, I forget what we did, but at the end, um, he said it was Darryl, one of Daryl Clark's favorite uh, drills. At the end of practice, when they were all tired, they used to do it, – it, it was a drill where they kind of 
told you where to throw the ball, you'd do a three-step drop, and then they'd say hit green, and you'd throw to the green uh, pad, and then yep. do a three-step drop, throw to the red one. They, it was a drill they always did at the end, um, and I remember doing that at the end of our, one of our practices, and it was it was cool because uh, you were tired and you had to focus, but I I remember that's one thing Jay Paterno mentioned. Um, obviously, he's not a coach anymore at Penn State, but um, yeah, I figured that they were probably doing something similar to that too, but uh, – yeah, Greg, I appreciate those details. Um because sure. man, we're all excited. We're we're all excited about this team and particularly Drew I Drew Aller because he was such a high recruit and um yeah. he's got a ton of potential. So <laughs> Yeah, could could be an elite player. I'm hoping uh I don't want to put the, the cart ahead of the horse, but I, I I think he could be a generational talent where I'm not I think he could be an instant Heisman candidate. You know, so especially with the talent around him. So I'm, I know we're all hopeful. I'll say that. I mean, you, your dad played with uh, Blackledge. And then we had yeah. uh, Kerry Collins. Um, you know, those are two guys that really stand out to, I think, most fans. And then for me personally, Daryl Clark and Michael Robinson, yeah. uh, two other guys that really stand out now. Um, do you think – do you think Drew Adler can – be as good as let's say Kerry Collins and Todd Blackledge like do you think he can be better than them absolutely I mean you, you look at his pedigree coming from high school I, I think there's no question now the the only thing and it's not necessarily a concern but I'm, I'm very curious you know you you see this transition really at all levels of football NFL in college especially where the the quarterback is now expected not only to have a, a, an insane you know, insanely strong and accurate arm, but they also have to get it done uh, with their feet as well. And we've seen it with with Trace and um, with Clifford as well. Um, and w- with his size, and I haven't seen him move too, too much. I know he's scrambled a little bit, you know, in, in some of the games we've seen him in, seen him in last season. Um, but I'm curious to see uh, how more of a, a big pocket passer like, like Drew Aller will be able to incorporate this this RPO um, running game in, into his game too, because you look at the the Penn State offense, you know, since I've been there, since Joe Moorhead has been there, and the offense has obviously transitioned and taken on some some new levels um, in, in recent years. Uh, but it's it's still very much a part of college football. It's still very much a part of Penn State's offensive game plans. Um, so that that's one aspect that I'm curious to see. I, I have no concerns with his arm. Um, and like I said, said it's not necessarily concern, more of a curiosity on on my front in terms of uh, how well he can move. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's I, a great I, I point. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. That's probably yeah. fair to say. Uh, he's definitely not a small guy by yeah. any stretch. He's he's a he's a big dude. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, I think. On that point, too, I'll just give just a brief perspective that I have. I think the most important thing is that he's already shown a willingness to move. Yeah. Um, I, again, limited time, small sample size. You know, we all understand that. But you have a lot of guys, uh, particularly I'll, I'll use this as the example, in C.J. Stroud in Ohio State. He was relatively mobile, but he just refused to move at all. Right. Uh, I mean, he really didn't want to escape the pocket. He didn't yeah. want to run. 
Um, same thing with Justin Fields too, like at, at Ohio State. I know in in the NFL this past season, um, you know he he kind of uh, evolved his game from that front. But yeah, and I don't mean to cut you off. That was just another Ohio State quarterback that came to mind. But um, yeah, he he was kind of hesitant mm-hmm. to run in college as well. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, no, I think that's I think that's a great point. Uh, I I think. I think that willingness is a really positive sign. Again, it doesn't need to be a, a, a bunch. You know, yeah. we've seen what happened with um, with with even Trace here and there, playing games where he obviously was not a hundred percent. Sean Clifford, you know, very obviously playing games where seemingly, uh, I remember uh, that what was that twenty twenty one Illinois game where seemingly he couldn't really even move yeah. uh, much mm-hmm. at all. Um, to any meaningful degree playing through all kinds of bumps and bruises and, and, and tweaks and things. So obviously you need to be sparingly with it. I think everyone is just so enamored by the prospects of um, just his physical gifts and his yeah. arm talent and what he potentially could be. Um, I know there were some accuracy issues a little bit here or there, uh, mostly a footwork thing and an arm path thing. I think, now, if he does win the job, presumably, I think those added reps where he's getting the bulk of them in practice, I think that will go a long way right off the bat in just yeah. kind of getting that muscle memory and kind of just refining all those processes. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and you know, I, I think there's very few players at quarterback that come out of high school with absolutely no concerns or issues. Like, obviously, an 18-year-old is not going to be – you know, prime Tom Brady out there with perfect footwork and perfect accuracy and all that, that, uh, all that good stuff. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is a, a big off season for him in terms of fully learning the offense, getting down fundamentals and footwork um, and, you know, getting back to the weight room, just getting stronger, uh, getting more explosive, you, you know, he, he's going to get faster. Like everybody going through that, that program gets stronger, gets faster. Um so that th- th- this is going to be uh, an exciting year, exciting year for him, for Penn State. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, it'll it'll show in the win loss column. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think we're in, in for a good uh, 2023. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just have two more things. And then if Mark has a, a couple extras, too. Um, first one's a little little bit of a, a comedy question. Um I, I just want to know your opinion. It, just a yes or no. Um, does Chuck Losey have perhaps the best strength and conditioning mustache in college football? <laughs> the the only other person um, that would come to mind, um, I, I'll say yes, he does. I, I would say yes, he does. But the only other strength coach that has, it even comes close, is uh, – what is it? Is it Feld? I know he was at Aaron, Oregon. Aaron, Aaron Feld. Yeah. He's Aaron at Miami Feld. now. Yeah. He's at Miami now. He was at Oregon. Um, and that's. Can you guys, can you guys see I'm, that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you, you, you put them back to back like they could be brothers. Um, but yeah, Chuck, Chuck is uh, he, he, he owns that look, man. He, he certainly owns it. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 th- I think he takes the crown. Yeah. Hundred hundred percent. I I entirely agree. That 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 was the one joke I wanted to get in there. Yeah. Uh, I lo- love Deej, love Dwight Gall. Thought he was phenomenal. 
Um, if nothing else, we got an upgrade in the stash game um, no yeah. with, with, with Chuck. Um, I guess just kind of generally kind of tying everything together, given everything, given the state of the program, given their uptick in recruiting, which Mark and I have covered extensively over the over many, many, many weeks. Um, what are you specifically most excited about um, for the 2023 season? I, I'm most excited about just the, this offense as a whole. Um, you know, you look at what those running backs did their freshman seasons and the jump they are inevitably going to make going into year two and year three. Same thing at the quarterback position. Presumably Drew Aller can, uh, you know, take take the uh, QB1 position. The jump he will make going from, I mean, technically this will be his first year. He still was, was able to uh, uh, take a red shirt. So, still getting experience from his red shirt year and, and having this be his, his real first season um, as well as some of these transfers that we got at receiver. Um, you know, I, I know uh, Dante Cephas was explosive uh, as a receiver you'll find. Um, and, and some of the guys returning that we had on the team as well as uh, what is it? I can't, is it Cunningham from, from Florida state? Um, I can't remember his name, but the, uh, the long, McLean, a Malik, Malik yeah, McLean. Yeah, that, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, you know, he he seems like a, a tall physical uh receiver. So I'm I'm excited to to see uh the receiver group. Um, you know, and, and this is really the first time heading into a season where I, I, I feel very confident with the offensive line. You know, you, you look across the board, the returners, the 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 new guys that are coming in, it just seems very solid. Like I in the tight end group, yeah, we lost uh, Strange, but we, we have, you know, uh, Theo Johnson and, and Kennedy and, and younger kids that are going to come in and, uh, you know, perform as well. So looking at this offensive side, I, I mean, I don't pay too, too much attention to, you know, other teams right now. Uh, but I, I think the offense is, is in for, you know, a, a, a top – top year like I, I see no reason why they they won't have you know top five scoring offense next year yeah I I agree I, I I'm really high on on the offense and the prospects um on just some recent shows going over coaching and, and kind of coaching grades and all these types of things yeah uh Phil Troutwine uh offensive line coach doing a heck of a job as far as uh talent evaluation and recruiting as well as development um I, I completely agree with what you said. I, I do yeah. feel for the first time going into the season, like, man, this offensive line, like, man, they they, they can be really good. They can be yeah. really good. Um, tight end depth and depth of talent has been exceptional. Um, Ty Howell doing a heck of a job uh, at the tight end coach position. Um, yeah, overall pleased with, with everything there. I think this could be one of the better offenses that we've seen um, – since Joe Moorhead has been here. I agree. I agree. Is that anything? Is that anything you also? Yeah. That's it for uh, me. Greg, just to, just to take us out here. Uh, what do you, what's our record this year? Particularly for 23. Do we make the playoff here in the next three years, at least make the playoff? Um, those are my two questions. And you know what, man, more than anything, what I want, is for guys like you, um, especially from that 2016 team, to be able to go to, like, a playoff game 
or mm -hmm. a national title game and be able to watch that because, like I said at the beginning, your class, that team, laid the foundation, um, in my opinion, for uh, what we have now. And obviously the 2012 team too, uh, the guys that stayed behind. I want, I want you guys to be able to go to that game because you guys deserve that. So record this year, and then do we make the playoff here in the next three years? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, you're, and you're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> you know, just, just considering considering everything that we've talked about, and I know, I know we have high hopes, and I do think there is going to be some growing pains uh, you know, at the quarterback position, um, you know, especially when I think about going through uh, the Big Ten and, and playing Michigan and Ohio State, you know, having a, a essentially a freshman quarterback year year one where he's taken, you know, full reins of the offense, I think it would be very hard to expect, you know, going to this season him just just going through uh, Michigan and Ohio State as as you know uh, both wins. I I hope he can do it. You know it's it's yet to be yet to be determined, obviously. But I I, I just think there there's one loss there. Um, you know I think especially you know just looking at an established older team, it's hard to beat Michigan and Ohio State in one year. Um, let alone a, a young uh, redshirt freshman quarterback. So. I think we're going to see a loss, either Michigan or Ohio State, but I think we can get the job done. Otherwise, um, whether that puts us in the playoff or not, I, I think it would. You know, you, you look at two Big Ten teams making the playoff uh, this past season. I don't think there's any reason why that can't happen again. Um, and, shoot, I, I can't even think if there's ever been a, a one-loss team that hasn't made uh, – hasn't made the playoff maybe back in 20 was it 2014 2015 when TCU um, was kind of snubbed um, well, well I think I think it was 2014 yeah I, I, uh, I, yeah. I, that sounds correct yeah I don't know if they I, I don't know if they had one loss or two loss but it, it seems like if, if if you only have one loss it seems like you, you should be good for the uh for the playoff. And I, I don't think if we're in that position where, where we have one loss, I don't think they could, they could hose Penn state again. Um, I, I think, you know, just thinking back to 2016, I think the committee, I don't know if they necessarily wake up every day and have regrets that they didn't put Penn state um, in the playoff. But I, I think, I think we should have been there. And I, I know I'm a little bit biased, but I, I don't think they would do that to us again. At least I hope they wouldn't. So um, to answer your question, uh, one loss, we'll say, and uh, yeah, I, th I think I think that'll get us in the playoffs, which will be which will be exciting. Okay, yeah, I mean, hey, playoffs this year, I'll take it. Obviously, yeah. um, one thing I've noticed that you just mentioned is 2016. I've noticed that pretty much, I feel like if Penn State doesn't go undefeated, we're gonna get screwed over. <laughs> um, whether we lose to Michigan or Ohio State, man, I I don't know. That's just the way. <laughs> I don't know. I could be wrong, but I just feel like we're getting screwed over. Uh, unless we take – unless the, the fate of Penn State is taken to their own hands where they, like, go undefeated or they at least beat Ohio State, man, yeah. we're going to get screwed over in some way. But I don't know, man. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Yeah, we we shall see. Um, yeah, we shall see. But, no, I, I think 
as, as long as like that, that two lost territories is that gray area. And I, I think in the next couple of years, that'll be alleviated with the expanded playoff and everything. Um, but no, I, I think with one loss and assuming that that one loss will be to Michigan, Ohio State, you know, who is presumably going to be in the you know top 10, maybe even top five again this year. Um, I, I think that should put us in. But you never know, man. You, you never know. Their, their love yep. for Ohio State and the, you know, the SEC. Again, you never know. So, um, man, we'll see. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I, th- I think every I think all the the committee members were secretly watching the um the Pac-12 title game and they were they were very much backing the Utes because if if USC went down we get a, yeah. we can we can feel good about putting Ohio State in the playoff. I think I think they they liked that outcome. Um yeah. but again, a lot of things going on. Mark and I have talked about it uh once before. Ohio State's going to have to break in a new quarterback in the post CJ Stroud era. So, yep. you know, all the teams have to do this. Uh, obviously, we, we flip. Uh, Michigan comes comes to our place uh, this coming season. We have to go to the horseshoe. Um, so a lot of things going on. You know, I don't, who knows if Ohio State and, and presumably Kyle McCord being the starting quarterback for the first time, what if he underperforms? What if there's parity? What if they don't have a quarterback? You know, if that's the case, that team seems a whole lot more, uh, you know, reasonable to beat even away if you have maybe a little bit of lackluster um, quarterback play. So a lot of things to play out, um, but I think the sentiment, and I think it will be echoed by by both of you and a lot of the fans is we're just excited. We're excited for the state of the program, where things are uh, are at and where they're, where they're heading. No doubt. No doubt about it. Like I said, should, should be an exciting year for the, uh, for the Nittany Lions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, anything, uh, anything else, uh, Mark? No, Greg, uh, thanks again, man, for joining us. Um, we'd love to have you on as much as we can. Uh, Austin usually takes us out, but yeah, man, I just wanted to thank you personally uh, for joining us. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming on. So, No doubt, guys. All, always a pleasure, for sure. 100%. Uh, folks, Austin, that is... I'll, I'll link. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'll link sure. our old interview with Greg down below from yeah. Spotify. Um, Absolutely. Which we, are, we are back on Spotify, just so you guys know, so... Yep, I was going to make a note of that. We are back on Spotify for all those folks that do like to listen to it, maybe when they're in their cars or or whatever. Um, so that will be linked in the video description box below. As per usual, uh, that is the final word. If you like the video, please like the video. Um, subscribe if you're not, as always. Dive into that comment section. Join the conversation. Tell Greg how much you love him and how much you appreciate that he came on and joined us today and gave us all that great insight into the lifting program and uh, future outlook for next season. Personally, I want to thank you, Greg, for coming on. Um, it's always a great conversation to have you here. And um, yeah. obviously we'd love to have you back. Um, we always enjoy this time with you. And um, like I said, everybody, please check out that our previous uh, interview with Greg uh, and we hope to have him back soon, but as always, we'll catch you in the next one.